go ahead and stand up and let's worship together. Welcome to the jar. Know that you're loved in this place and worship how you want to. Let's worship together. Here we go. Shaking, love is bringing through. 
in this place we thank you for the move that you're bringing upon us this morning most importantly we thank you for the gift of life thank you for your plan and your will inside of our lives So this morning, as we reflect on you, as we bask in your presence, remind us of that gift. Remind us of your plan and your will for our lives. So allow us to find our identity this morning in you. Continue to shape us, continue to mold your clay. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Jar. We are so glad that you joined us today. Whether you're here in person or on the live stream, my name is Dawn, and I have just a few announcements for you. Whether you've been coming to The Jar for years, or if this is your first time connecting with us, we would love for you to fill out our Connect card. It's just a way for us to get to know you better and to connect with you. So whether you're here in person or online, you can head over to thejar.org stream to do that, and your chat room host will assist you with that process. You can also download our JAR app and fill out all of these things there. If you're in person with us today, there's a Connect card in your program. You can fill that out and drop it in the black box on your way out of the door today. If this is your first time joining us today, I want to invite you to stop by our guest connections table out in the lobby. We have a free gift for you, no strings attached. Or if you're live streaming for the first time, you can head over to thejar.org new and fill out a short form to let us know that you're here today. Also, if you're new here or joining us online or in person, we have the perfect opportunity for you. If you're new, you might have questions like, how did the JAR get started? Who is Chris? Why is it called the JAR? You can get answers to those questions at First Steps with Chris. First Step is a time where you can meet Chris and some other staff members as well as other new people to learn more about the JAR. It will be on May 16th, right after second celebration in the community room, and lunch and childcare will be provided. Did you know that we have a really awesome outreach here at the JAR called the Community Basket? The basket provides hygiene, cleaning, and other items of necessity for those in need for absolutely no cost. The Community Basket item of the month is dish soap, so you can help by donating and you can drop off that item here in person at church or you can stop by the JAR Ministry Center to drop off your item there as well. In case you didn't know, Mother's Day is next Sunday. So please invite those amazing women in your life to join us either in person or on the live stream. We have a great teaching that all women will enjoy. If you're in person with us today, there's an insert in your program that you can invite someone. Be sure to do that. 
At this time, we'd like to give you an opportunity to give financially to the mission of the JAR, which is to love our community and to a relationship with Jesus. If this is your first time connecting with us, please don't feel pressured to give. But if the JAR is your church home, we encourage you to give generously because God has given so generously to us. Whether you're here in person or live streaming, it's super easy to give online. You can give by going to the jar.org slash stream. You can give on the JAR app or you can text give to the number on the screen. If you prefer to give in person, there will be offering boxes at the doors when you exit from the building. You can drop your offering in on your way out. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for all the blessings that you give us and for the opportunity to meet in person and to have the live stream. I pray that you would bless each person who gives to your church. I pray that you would give us discernment on how to love those in our community and just help to change our hearts today. We love you, Lord, and thank you. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Jar. My name's Chris, and we're so glad you chose to hang out with us today. Um, several years ago, uh, our family went to Chicago, and we went up in the Willis Tower, or uh, what used to be called the Sears Tower. Now, growing up as a kid, I was never afraid uh, of going up uh, in the tower at all, um, but they now have this thing off the edge uh, of the building called the ledge. And it's a four foot, uh, glass balcony that you can actually look down straight all the way to the street. And when my two daughters, uh, who were younger at the time, they were five and seven, when they got to the ledge, uh, they actually went out and laid on their stomachs looking down at 1,353 feet of death. And as they're laying out there, I stayed back and didn't do anything. And finally, uh, they could tell I wasn't moving out to the ledge. And they go, Daddy, come, it's a lot of fun. And so I went ahead and I walked out to the ledge. And just as I was getting ready to take one step, I started having a panic attack. I mean, literally, I'd never really had this before. I started freaking out. I started sweating. Uh, I started losing it. I wasn't sure what to do. My wife could tell that I was starting to hyperventilate. So she took my hand and she took us back to a little bench that they had there. And we sat down and I'm trying to get my breath back and all this. And then these uh, two little girls that were five and seven at the time, they come up and they grabbed my hand They said, and they said this. They said, Daddy, hold our hand and you won't be afraid. And this is what I said. No, we're leaving. (laughs) And that's what we did. We went to the elevator. We went straight down and that was it. Because on that particular day, folks, I was fearful. I had a fear of heights. Now, let me ask each one of you this morning. Do any of you have any fears? How about spiders? Anyone afraid of spiders? Yeah, those eight-legged crawly things that are there. Ugh, yeah. How about snakes? Anybody afraid of snakes? Go ahead. All right. I've got a friend of mine who's afraid of clowns. Like, I always thought that was not a real thing, but it's true. And if he just sees a picture of a clown, he like totally freaks out. He's got to leave the room. He just can't be a part of anything that might have a clown. 
Now, maybe as a child, uh, you were scared of thunderstorms, and so uh, you would go to mom and dad's room. Maybe as a teenager, uh, you looked at your parents' marriage, and you were afraid that you weren't so sure that they were going to make it through. And then the reality is, we also still have fears even when we become adults, don't we? Maybe you're afraid that you'll lose your job. Maybe you're afraid that the stock market is going to crash soon and that's not going to be what it's been like. Maybe you're afraid that something's going to happen to one of your children. Maybe you're afraid that your marriage isn't going to make it. Maybe you're afraid of your health or maybe you're afraid of someone in your family and their health. Folks, no matter who you are, the one thing that we all have in common as adults is that we have fears. In fact, as human beings, from birth on, we have this sense of fear, the battling of our feelings of fear. Now, the good news for us this morning is that God did not create fear for you and I to live in fear. In fact, in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says this. For God has not given us a... And let's say those two words that are underlined. What is it? Spirit of fear. Spirit of fear. He did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, if we're going to be able to come uh, to overcome our fears... To be set free from the prison cell of fear. How does this happen? Well, I think the first thing that you and I need to do is we have to be able to recognize what is the definition of fear. And so this is your first fill in if you want. But here is our definition, either on the app or in the program. Fear is placing your faith in the what ifs. church, that is all churches in a huge kind of, you know, uh, storm. Like, what were we going to do? And so uh, the church leaders and staff and myself, we prayed and discerned. We, we had sweat and tears trying to figure out what we were going to do. And we decided we would love our neighbors and try to get people safe the best way we knew how. Now, one of the things that was a huge gift during this time was the live stream. Uh, we were so grateful for it because even though there was a period where we weren't able to necessarily meet in this building, we were still able to be the church uh, outside the building as we did the stream. But then as things started opening up a little bit more and as people started coming back to church, one of the things what that has been even, uh, easy for us to notice is that live attendance was not necessarily what it was like back in January and February. Enough leader to take the church through whatever this next season is going to be. And quite honestly, folks, uh, it doesn't happen so much now, but 
Six months ago, quite honestly, if I allowed myself to ruminate on that long enough, I would literally become paralyzed with fear of what was going to happen. You see, the truth is, uh, we have a vision of JAR 2.0. And I would encourage any of you to go ahead and to look it up. Re, re, uh, remind yourself what it is. If you've been here for a while, if you're new, check it out. You can do it on the website or on the app. But we have a plan of where we think God is taking us as a church. But before COVID, uh, we were right on target. Like, at least when it came to uh, the whole attendance piece, when it came to that, like, we were right where we really felt like God was going to take us. And then all of a sudden, it just doesn't feel like we're at the same place. But recently, over the past couple of months, I've had about six different people come up to me and people that I trust, people who are people of faith. And they've said this almost identically Chris, we're going to go somewhere even greater than where we were before COVID. And all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, one person said that, but then somebody else said it. And then somebody else said it. All of a sudden, my fear got replaced with faith. And I started believing that maybe, yeah, not maybe, yeah, God's going to do this. And then I start to believe that God grew us long before COVID ever hit. Do you remember, Bunch, when there were six people in your house? Was I faithful then? Yes. Now, when the crowds were great before COVID hit, was I faithful then? Yes. And now that God's going to bring more people and utilize the stream and that, will I be faithful again? Yes. Because this is the truth, folks, and you can look this up. It's not in your program, but if you really want to grow in your faith, read this passage of Scripture. Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. This morning it came to me that God is able to do infinitely more than I could ever ask, think, or dream of. God is able to do infinitely more, whatever your fear is right now, than what God could ever ask, than what you could ever ask, think, or dream of. So, that's my area of fear. I've tried to be as honest as I can. This is what I'm asking you. Be that honest. Don't leave this building today. Don't get off the stream today without acknowledging what it is That is your fear. Write it down. Make it known. Now, for the rest of our time, what I simply want to do is give you two practical ways that you can overcome, because these have helped me overcome my uh, deepest fears. So two practical ways to overcome your deepest fears. The first one is this. Acknowledge your fear, whatever it is, and choose to trust God. You simply acknowledge your fear, whatever it is, and you choose to trust God. Now, what I'm not saying this morning is this, that you brush the fear aside, you put your fingers in your ears and you go, la, 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 I'm not afraid, I am not afraid of this. And all of a sudden you're like, dude, like, you're getting ready to file bankruptcy. I'm not afraid, I'm not, no, no, you should be afraid. And sometimes things happen in your life where fear's not a bad thing always. It's just when you get consumed by it that it becomes a bad thing. 
And so you've got to be honest. And you've simply got to acknowledge it. And you say, you know what, God? I'm afraid. I'm afraid of this. I'm struggling with this. I don't get this right now. My heart feels heavy when it comes to fill in the blank, whatever it is. I'm going to just be real with you right now, God. And I'm going to tell you this is what I'm afraid of. And do you know why you need to to do that? Because he already knows. You see, he already knows your fear before you have your fear. But somehow we have a tendency when we're afraid of something, we don't want to reveal it to God because we want to act like we have it together. I'm a faithful person. I can do this on my own. And he's like, why don't you catch up to exactly where we're at? Because the truth is, you're fearful. You're scared right now. God, I need your help. I struggle with this. But, but God, I'm going to trust in you. This is exactly what happened to a guy uh, in the Bible by the name of David. David's story is in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. And David's story is one in which he's just a little teenage boy when all of a sudden uh, the prophet uh, Samuel comes to him and tells him, you are going to be the king of Israel. Now, if you're a teenager and someone tells you you're going to be a king, you're like, hot dog! I'm going to be big man on campus now because I'm going to be the king! There was only one problem. There was already a king of Israel. And his name was Saul. And if you think about it, there is no way that if you're a king, you're going to give that up very easily. And so Saul was threatened by David so much that he deployed a plan to take David out. Saul turned to this massive military and he said, we're going on a manhunt. Whoever gets David, whoever kills him, I'm going to give a gigantic reward. And so this is David's reality. He is America's most wanted, folks. He's got his picture up everyone, everywhere. And people want to take him out. And so what did David do? In Psalm 56, this is what we read. My slanders pursue me all day long. That's his situation. People are pursuing him every day to kill him. And he says this, many are attacking me in their pride. And then he's just really honest. Look at what he says next. He says, when I am, what's the next word? Afraid. He said, when I'm afraid. In other words, sometimes, God, it just gets too much. It becomes too much. It's too much for me when I'm afraid about my marriage, when I'm afraid about my kids, when I'm afraid about my job, when I'm afraid about my relationship with this person or that person. God, it's just too much. I can't take it anymore. David says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. I'll put my faith and trust in you. I choose to trust in you. And then he says this. In God. Let's all say those two words together, okay? In God. In God. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust. And then he concludes by saying, I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? Now, the truth is, human beings can do a lot of bad stuff to us, can't they? 
Some of you have gone through some tough stuff. Maybe it was from an ex-spouse, or maybe it was from your parents, or maybe it was from, you know, a friend. Maybe it was from a boss. But people can do some really bad stuff to us. And yet, David, why does he say that? He's like, what can mere mortal man do to me? Well, for David, they could kill him. Like, they could arrest him. They could torture him. They could eventually create misery to his life. So why does he say that? Well, this is the thing. David turned his thinking around. And that's what happens when you have stinking thinking. It creates fears. And it creates greater fears than that that are even there. But he turns it around and he says, I'm not going to think about the temporary life. I'm going to think about something that's more eternal. And he shifted his mindset and he said, you know what? Even if the worst comes to me, ultimately, I'm going to choose to trust God. Because what can another human being do to me eternally? They might be able to do some stuff right now in this moment, but they can't do anything to me eternally. And he's like, yeah, that's right. There's nothing that another human being can do to you eternally. He's like, nothing that man can do to me compares to the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Because for me, this is what I realize more and more, that when I acknowledge my fears to God and I trust Him, things change. And folks, what I want to challenge you to do is that you would be willing to acknowledge your fear and yet choose to trust God no matter what. Because for me... The farther I get away from God, the more fear I have in my life and the more that I give into the what ifs that are around me. But the closer that I get to God, the more faith I have, the less fear I have of the what ifs. So acknowledge your fear and then choose to trust God. Here's the second practical thing you can do to overcome your deepest fears. And it's this, to seek God until he takes your fears away. You seek God. I'm still afraid. Well, seek him some more. Well, I'm still afraid. We'll seek him some more. Well, the circumstances aren't changing. We'll seek him some more. Seek God, seek God, seek God until he takes your fears away. How do you do that? First of all, You seek Him with this book. This is more than just a novel. These are the words of God. And He's trying to give you opportunities to have fear removed from your life. They're so close for you to be a part of. We have reading plans at Guest Connections if you want to look at that. Or they're online as well. Seek God through word. How else do you seek You seek Him through prayer. You don't have to have all the right words, just every day. God, this is what I'm afraid of. He's like, great. I'm glad you're being honest. Write it down. Journal it. Get communities of people around you in a small group. If you're not in a small group, you should be in one because it helps you not to just get consumed with fear. Celebrate recovery, grief share, any of our groups to be a part of that. And then look at what it says in Psalm 34, 4. This is the same guy. The same guy, David, and this is what he says. I sought the Lord and he answered me 
He delivered me from all my... What's the next word? Fears. And how many fears? How many? All. Whatever the fear is, all of them taken away. Now, this is something that's really, really interesting, and it's this. That if you look at the Bible, there are 365 times where these two words come. Fear not. 365. Do you think that's a coincidence? 365 times, God says, fear not. And do you know why I think it's in there that many times? Because every single day we have some kind of fear that hits our life. And we've got to be reminded, I will fear not. I will fear not. I sought the Lord... And He actually answered me, and He delivered me from all my fears. When I think of this verse, I think about my wife, Jennifer, who had a gigantic fear that consumed her life about a year ago, to a point where it was hard for her to function. And she's been kind enough... Uh, to actually come and be honest, because we believe this in our family, that when we share our fears, God moves in in a great way. And so, Jen, I invite you to come and let's give uh, Jennifer a hand. Yeah, so when Chris asked me to share about fear today... Um, I did not have any trouble thinking of hundreds of fears that have happened over the last year. Um, Because, like, we're all in the same boat, right? COVID has been really difficult. It's affected almost every aspect of our lives in some way or another. And so in that way, we're all in the same boat. But then I realized, um, after talking to him some more, that he wanted me to talk specifically about how this pandemic has affected me and my fears um, as a healthcare provider. So, I'm going to be honest, then I started having fear about sharing my fear. Because <laughs> um, um, those fears are still a little raw. Um, this has been one of the most difficult years of my whole career. Um, and so, those fears sometimes are still a little bit at the surface. When we as a medical community learned about COVID, we started planning. That's what we do. So um, we started looking at our equipment, and we started looking at a possible influx of patients, and we started looking at the severity of the illness that these people might have. And with every moment of planning, there was just a little bit more fear that crept in. Because fears like that, right? Sometimes it's this big catastrophic thing that happens, and then we're really afraid. But many times it's this one little fear, and then this next little fear, and then this next little fear. And then it gets to the point where it's overwhelming and sometimes paralyzing. I'll never forget one of the first patients that I went in to see that had COVID. Um, we have like protocols and signs up, and so I followed all of the protocols for how to get my gear on, washing my hands and putting on my gown and putting on my gloves and putting on my mask and putting on my face shield. 
And once I was all set, I put my hand on the doorknob to enter into this room, and I walked in, and I saw a woman who was much like me, and much like you. And she had her own fears and own things that she was dealing with as she sort of wrestled with this virus and what it meant to her and her life and how it would affect her. And um, so at the same time, I was so overwhelmed with compassion for her. But yet I all of a sudden became very overwhelmed with fear. And my face mask um, with the shield over it just started to feel very claustrophobic. And I was having trouble breathing, and my heart was racing, and I started to become a little sweaty, and I felt like I was going to pass out. So out of necessity, I sat down next to her, and I became face-to-face with her. And it was just so ironic, I'll never forget this moment, because I was also felt like I was face-to-face with my fear. And... Um, I just cried out to God very silently, and I said, please, God, you've got to help me be able to handle this moment and remove this fear from me. And he did. He delivered me from that fear so that I could focus and I could attend to this person that was there that needed me. God definitely delivered me that day from my fear, and I wish I could tell you that was the last time I had fear throughout the pandemic. Um, It it wasn't. um, Almost every day I came home and I cried about something that had happened that day. I worried and I ruminated. I had trouble sleeping. My anxiety was building. I had a couple of panic attacks, which is just really not like me. Um, But I recognized this anxiety, and so I called a counselor. I got an appointment. Um, I prayed a whole lot. (laughs) I um, walked many, many miles. Um, I listened to music. I did a lot of plans. Chris was talking about going to Scripture. I did so many plans, and I sought God's Word um, around fear and anxiety and overcoming it. And then I started transitioning to reading about God's goodness and God's faithfulness and seeking His heart. And I'm here to tell you that all of that helped because as I continued to seek God and His goodness, And I was able to focus on that goodness and just how good he is and how much he loves me. I was able to trust him with my fears. And I can honestly say that God has delivered me from them. Um, I'm no longer a slave to the fear. I'm not going to tell you that fear doesn't creep in because that's just life. It does. But I don't feel enslaved by it. God is the God of the universe. He really did. He's the one who parted that sea. And so he's bigger than all of my fears, and he's bigger than COVID, and he's bigger than any fears that you might have as well. So God is good, and God is faithful, and you are his child. And just like me, he wants you to not struggle with fear anymore. Let's get in there. Now you know why I married her, right? I mean, like, just such, so, so honest with that and such a perspective because we all have a fear of something that we struggle with and how hard that is. I'd like to close today by uh, actually giving you a quote. 
Uh, if you want, you can take a picture uh, with your phone, or if you want, if you're on the stream, uh, you can take a picture as well. And it's a quote by John Wesley, and uh, he was a great pastor and theologian from the 1700s, and this is what he said. I've never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear. Whenever I feel fearful emotions overtake me, I just close my eyes and thank God that he is still on the throne, reigning over everything, and I take comfort in his control over all the affairs of my life. Folks, there are going to be moments where you are consumed by fear. And if today is one of those days where you're consumed, like you are fully consumed by fear, this is what I would encourage you to do. Just close your eyes and fix yourself on God and God alone. And as you fix yourself on Him, God actually comes between you and your fear. God actually comes in the middle between yourself and your fear because God did not give you a spirit of fear, but He gave you a spirit of power. He gave you a spirit of love and He gave you a spirit of a sound mind. Because the truth is, this is the kind of life that God wants you to live. Let's pray. And if you would, I'd just invite you to take a moment to think about what that fear is again. What is that fear? Acknowledge it to God right now. Say, God, I am afraid of whatever it is. God hears your prayer. He answers you. And He says today, I will set you free from this fear. Give it to Him now. In Jesus' name, Amen. Bye. 
with the what ifs in our lives. Right now, today, if you have been consumed by some fear, whatever that is, maybe you named it. I hope you have. I want to ask you to do something that's kind of bold right now. That is, I want you to release it to God. That you'd actually be able to say quietly, God, I no longer want to be a slave of this fear. Set me free from this fear. And we're going to ask you to do something bold, those of you on the stream and everyone here as well, that you just raise your hand and say, yep, that's me. I want to get rid of this fear in my life. You don't have to look at anyone else. Every eye closed. Just raise your hand. Let me pray for you. God, I pray right now that you would remove every single fear that's represented by the hands that are raised. We know, God, that you did not give us a spirit of fear. We know that fear is not from you because you have not given us that. So right now, God, I pray that you would help people overcome their fear to believe it, that you're going to do that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You can put your hand down. Now, maybe there are some of you, the reality is the reason that you're living in so much fear is because you don't have a relationship with God. And everything is placed on your shoulders and you get so burdened and overwhelmed and you have no relief. You have no, you don't have someone that can remove that from you. And so maybe you've drifted away from God or you haven't had a relationship with Him. But if today's the day where you're like, I'm tired of living in fear. I'm tired of keeping this fear. I'm going to acknowledge right now my fear. I'm going to acknowledge the sin in my life, the things that keep me from God, my mess ups, my screw ups, my flub ups, those sins in my life because I need a new start. I need a new beginning. I need to be set free from fear. And if that's you right now, I'm going to invite you into a prayer, but it's not a prayer that you say by yourself, but it's a prayer that we say together in unity. And so I invite you to simply repeat this prayer, but it's your words after me. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I need a Savior. Jesus, save me. Make me new. Set me free from my fear. Thank you, God, for forgiving me, making me new, adopting me into your family. I belong to you, I choose you, and I trust you with my whole life. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.